0: The idea that I'm going to stick to it no matter what because I love acting, I love this business, and there's nothing else I would rather do. And whether that brings me fame or fortune doesn't matter. All I want to do is act. Hey, everybody, it's Wendy Elaine Wright, and welcome to my podcast, Secrets of a Hollywood Talent Manager. I'm so glad that you're here and every week I'm going to give you some tips, tricks, and secrets that you can apply to your acting career. Hello my dears, it is Wendy Lane Wright and I am here to answer questions and I'm excited to be able to help you and give you guys guidance. This first one is from Michelle Sharon. Hi Michelle. It says, I'm a parent of a 14 year old, almost 15, who wants an acting career, okay? She sings and acts in musical theater productions. That's a great start, as she should. She routinely gets the lead. Great. She's working at a dinner theater over the summer. Okay. And she's struggling on how to plunge into an acting career for her. Okay. So maybe a little scared. How do you manage your feelings as a parent of a child actor? Well, I don't know how to manage feelings. You know, I work hard to manage my own. But I will tell you this. There's a path. Uh, I'll tell you a couple of things because I'm a pretty holistic thinker. I think of things in a big picture. I see a entire picture from that question. One, you need to read everything you can from other parents who've had kids in the business. And there are two that, I, that come to mind. Dove, Cameron, her mother, Bonnie Wallace. Bonnie Wallace has wrote a book from the perspective of a parent who's got children in the business. Uh, you know, so type in like in the Google, books from parents of child actors read those books. They're really important. Um, there's a show called everybody hates Chris and the lead actor of that show. I can't remember his name, but if you look it up and type it in, his mother is raising like five kids in the business. She wrote a book as well that's really helpful. I have a parent course that can teach you the business, like all the important things that you need to know. And you can get that on hollywoodwinnercircle.com and you can get that course and watch those videos. That'll teach you a lot. You can also join a group called Child Actor 101. It's the sister group to this. It was started by Corey Ralston. uh, And it is just a group of a lot of industry people like here in the TMFA, but it's for parents of child actors and for for teenage actors who want to get advice and guidance and information from legit sources, from agents, managers, and casting directors. And that's who I firmly believe you should learn from. So that's it. Now, I will tell you that the path of becoming an actor depends on the goal, right? So if she wants to become a series regular on television, that's a very specific goal that's going to take many years to attain. And it comes with constantly training, auditioning all the time, getting better and better at auditions, getting better and better at audition skills, and auditioning for bigger and bigger projects. And all the projects she auditions for, you find some of them yourself when you submit her. And she's 15 almost, so she'll start submitting herself on Actors Access, on casting networks, and on backstage, and submitting herself to projects all the time and training all the time. And some of them she'll book, and some of them they she will not, right? And that's just normal. And the ones she books, you add to the resume. And when you get an agent and you start getting bigger auditions, she has to get coached for those big opportunities. So there's a lot to learn, but you know, you take it one step at a time and one year at a time, you know, a few months at a time, you gotta understand some things. There's no guarantee in this business. You can be the most talented person in the world and the breaks don't come. Doesn't mean you won't work. I've said this before, when I worked at April Webster's office and she's a casting director, I looked in the files and I would look at the back of headshots And I would read the credits that the actors had, even the ones I didn't, I most of them you didn't recognize. You look at their photo, don't know that actor at all. On the back, tons of shows. What that told me is that actors can work. All of them had tons of credits on the back, but you have no clue who they are. So that taught me that actors can work and book jobs, but not everyone becomes a star, and not everyone lands on that show that propels them to success, to, to fame, to riches, to, um, you know, really standing out in the industry. Most actors don't hit those plateaus. Some do, and there's no, I, there's no way to predict which ones will and which ones won't, yet everyone's on the same path. Every actor is training, auditioning, booking some, Training, auditioning, booking something else and not booking most of them and building their resume, their relationships, their experiences, and sometimes in that process, if they stay on the path, some shows get picked up on networks that become successful. Some shows get renewed. Some shows become hits and then they have success. And then some shows, when they get canceled, those actors fall off the radar and they don't continue so and some continue some cannot find a job for years because they've been stereotyped in that show and being seen that way for so long it takes a while for the industry to recoup and regroup and re-see them in a see them in a different way other times actors come right off their shows and go right into another show so there's no guarantee to how any of this works There's no predictability. This is a very uncertain business. The only certainty is what you can control. And that's the training, the idea that I'm going to stick to it no matter what, because I love acting. I love this business and there's nothing else I would rather do. And whether that brings me fame or fortune doesn't matter. All I want to do is act. That is the kind of actor that stays with it throughout a lifetime. And many of them you will never, ever know because they do not become famous and they do not become rich, but they, they work. And maybe they're making enough money to survive and to make a living. If you're an actor, you want to think of doing voiceovers, um, read audiobooks, do commercials, print ads, uh, television shows, um, comedy shows, dramatic shows. Maybe you do stand-up comedy. You write books. You coach. You teach. There's all kinds of things you do if you want to work a creative life. None of that necessarily is a guarantee that you're going to be successful, like in terms successful in terms of riches and fame. But that's not the only measurement of fame. Okay, Rivka Duray would love to deep dive more into types for those who fit into many, too many types to narrow it down. Well, you can always narrow it down. Okay, all you have to do is what three types do you recommend to start with? All right, so. I teach this in the in HWC. It's the foundation of our program. It's really, really critical that you understand this, and and if you can understand this, you'll be able to make strides in your career. Okay. I explain this on YouTube. I explain this on Clubhouse. I explain this on Instagram, and I explain it in the TMFA, and then I work with actors every single week to make it happen in the HWC because it has to happen, or you're not going to be successful. Okay. Or you're not going to be successful. So. One of the proponents, uh, one of the major pillars of HWC and how to be successful, I'll tell you right now, is you've got to understand your types. What are types? Types are the types of roles you're going to play. So let's say it's like usually an occupation, right? Your occupation, doctor, teacher, fireman, lawyer, cheerleader, business owner, uh, volleyball coach, computer programmer, whatever those types of roles are based on, on, um, judge, it's a detective FBI agent crime splatter investigator. (laughs) They're based on occupations. Usually then there are other types, parent, husband, wife, teacher, mother, son, daughter, based on like your position in life. Are you someone's husband, wife, Daughter, mother, sister, grandmother, those are types. Now, any person could play those types, right? But they would play it with their own style. So I use this example often. Branding is not the type of role you play, typically. It is how you play it. Now, the only place that's different is if you play an action hero. In every single thing, that's the type of role you play, but maybe your brand. But branding goes beyond just the type. For example, let's say I say secretary. Okay, you're going to play a secretary. I give that role to Judy Dench. I give that role to Scarlett Johansson. I give that role to Alfre Woodard. I give that role to, uh, I don't know, Jessica Alba. They all play it differently. If I give that role to Diane Keaton, if you know who that is, she'll play it very nervous and very neurotic-y. If I give it to Goldie Hawn, she's going to be very effervescent and bubbly and over the top. That's their brand. That's their brand. Scarlett Johansson is very calm and very, very sexy and very grounded and very, you know, that's her brand. And she plays that, she has that energy in all the roles she plays. So, brand is kind of your energy in all your roles. You bring that personal quality about you to the role, to the type. Now, that's the difference when you're trying to figure out your type versus your brand. I'll go way deeper into that, but I'm giving you the basics. Your type, you figure out what are your occupations? What jobs have you had in the past? What job do you have right now? What is your career right now other than acting? If you're a computer programmer, that's a type. You could create a clip for that. If you are a medical assistant, that's a type. You could create a clip for that, right? So based on if you, do you have a son? Or a daughter, you're a mother or a father, you could create a clip for that. You are a parent, that's a clip. You have older parents and you're talking to them about going into the nursing home or they've lost their memory, God forbid, what happens as parents get older. So then that's that's another type. You're playing the daughter of an older mother or father or the son of an older mother or father. So those are clips you can create. One of the fastest, One of the, I teach this in HWC every, every day. And what we do is we make our actors create the footage and then bring it back and show us. And then we have critique to see if it's good enough to go on Actors Access. Because if it's not good enough, it cannot go on Actors Access. If it's not good enough, it's only going to turn off agents and managers and turn off casting directors. So you've got to get your self tapes right. You've got to pick the right scenes. You've got to be the focus of the scene. And there's so much that goes into making powerful footage that gets you auditions. Most actors do not have footage that's powerful enough to get auditions. And that is the problem. That's the reason why so many actors fail. The footage is not powerful enough to get auditions. That's because you're using footage from student films and independent projects where the writing is bad, the lighting is bad, the casting is bad. You're with someone else just like you in the scene. There's so many reasons you're using footage that was great in the context of the movie but taking it out and putting it on your actor's access does not work. The example, um, an actor posted in TMFA this week was talking about, a, a, they're so glad that they got booked on this show and that's great. And the clip he put up was so dark. It was very hard to see the actor. And now listen, that's fine in the movie. When we're sitting there in the movie or watching television, that makes sense. In the dark, it's part of the scene. It's part of the story. It's part of the whole 90 minutes or 60 minutes of the show. But in a 30 second clip, it's terrible. Because it's dark. You can't see the actor. So we can't use that to sell you to casting. Agents and managers are salespeople. And we sell products. You, the actor, are the product. And your headshot and your acting clips are the product. And we sell that to casting when it's good, meaning it's lit well, it sounds good, your acting is good, your eye lines are right, the story has a beginning, middle, and end, a moment before and a moment after, you really understand the relationship of the with, that you're having with the other actor, and I'll go into that later. But those kind of things have to be in that clip, so you can't just use stuff from projects you've booked. Because those elements that I just talked about are not in those clips. They're not in those clips you're getting from your your projects. So that's why you don't get anywhere. That's why casting doesn't bring you in. in. When a casting director is looking at your materials, you've got to make a strong, powerful impact in 10 seconds. And that takes precise, specific, precision planning. Otherwise, you're just counting on luck luck ain't gonna do it it'll be happen to some people get lucky but 99 percent of people you don't get successful in this business on luck alone so when you are figuring out your types go with the low hanging fruit you go with the low hanging fruit that means if you look authoritative and you could play a cop go with that uh okay barry coleman i'm getting some auditions I'm very careful with my self-tapes and review them critically, but I'm not getting the parts. I do feel I'm too short and not pretty enough. All right, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. So, Barry, if you're getting auditions, but you're not booking any of them, or you're not going to producers, or you're not even getting callbacks, you need a stronger audition technique. You need a stronger audition technique. That means you're not telling the story in a concise enough way that they would consider you a possibility for the show or for whatever role that is. And I don't mean if you, you know, if you're never getting callbacks or producer sessions or, or, you know, you're never in the final three or four people, then you're, you you do not have a strong enough audition technique to tell the story. So you've got to go take some audition classes and really learn how to audition for a project and use this medium right here, especially since a lot of it is, is, is online now, but Christine Horn, who's called The Booking Magnet. She teaches actors how to audition and book. Amy Linden, she's the celebrity booking coach. She works with a lot of celebrities. She has 53 or four series regulars she's coached. So she has a technique for learning how to audition. James Ciccone has a class called Show Up to Book the Role. He's teaching you how to break down a scene so you can book the job. And if you don't book it, you at least get callbacks and producer sessions, which means you're in the running, which means people are seeing your work whether you're right for that role or not, or whether they pick you, they've seen you and they're getting to know you and they know you did good work. So anyone who's struggling with that question, I'm not, you know, I'm getting auditions but I'm not booking any of them. You need a better booking technique. Invest in your in your booking classes. That's what's gonna help you. When you're talking about feeling too short and not pretty enough, I'll talk about the too short. Uh, this, this is really important that everyone should know, right? Your height does not determine your success in life, or in any area of life, you know, your mindset determines that. If you believe that your height will hold you back from all success, it will. If you don't allow that to have any hold that that doesn't matter to you. I will tell you that power comes from within. Success comes from picking a goal, deciding what it's going to be. And then persisting consistently until you achieve it. Doesn't matter how tall you are. People in small packages have that power. People in big packages have that power. A lot of people don't have that power. If I look at Mark Wahlberg, that guy's not six foot two. He's not as tall as Ben Affleck, who's like six four. I don't know how tall that guy is. Ben Affleck's a tall guy. There's been a lot of movie stars that are really tall, right? There's some that are not. Al Pacino is only five foot six inches. You know some men are five foot eight and they're like i don't think i can make it as an actor al pacino is five foot six inches his power does not come from his height it comes from his passion his fire his soul his determination his energy his commitment his focus that is where your power lies it doesn't lie in your height and if you think it does then it does but it can't because it's not true right It also doesn't land in your looks. There are roles for all types of people. There are roles for drop dead, gorgeous, perfectly symmetrical faces. And there are are roles for hideous looking people. Take for example, I think it's NCIS, that little woman, she is not Charlize Theron. But if that little woman said, oh, I'm not Charlize Theron, I guess I'll never be an actor. Whose decision is that? That's her decision. That's She would miss the whole opportunity to tell stories and be a creative and make the, the projects that she makes. What about that little woman on Poltergeist? This house is clean. She was not a pretty woman. That wasn't Jessica Alba. Okay, that was not Jennifer Lopez. That little thing, okay. That cannot, if you determine whether you're going to be successful based on whether you're tall enough, short enough, fat enough, that you will limit yourself and you will prevent yourself from giving your talent to the world. So you have to become stronger than that. All of you have to become stronger than that. You have to own who you are and, you know, that's what it is. If you are overweight, there are women that are overweight that are very successful in this business. There are women that are bony skinny that are very successful and everything in between. There are women in every race and every culture and every color and every religion. Now, Hollywood has been known for... Well, so is the United States in general, people. Whitewashing everything. Thank God that's changing over time. But this was a country founded by white people based on white, you know, white entertainment didn't allow a lot of women in or a lot of color in, okay? White, male, Protestant or, or whatever waspy, that was it. Everybody else has had to fight for a place in this world, in, in the country, in this country, has had to fight for a place in this country. Blacks, Japanese, Asians, Mexicans, women, every religion has had to fight for equality an equal opportunity. Hollywood never embraced that. I mean, it was very rare that anyone that wasn't a white woman would get a role. I mean, first of all, if they'd even let a woman have the role, uh, mostly men had the roles and women were always like, oh, I do declare, I think that, right? I mean, that's all women were, sex objects. To allow a woman to be smart You know that didn't happen so stories are changing have there been certain caps on what specific groups of people have been allowed to do yes there always been it's called racism it's called sexism religious uh, hatred there's always been caps some people figure out how to get around those and keep going Some people broke through that and were able to make some things happen. Some of that is coming away and now there are more roles for everybody. And now there's more opportunity for you to create your own stuff and not wait for anybody. At this time in life, now there's no excuse. I'll tell you why. Because we can create an entire movie with this, an entire movie, TV series, web series, YouTube channel, doesn't matter. You can create films and release them on YouTube for free. If people fall in love with your work, the audience comes to you, the buyers will come to you as well. So if you create a concept, a show and put yourself in it and put it on YouTube or Hulu or wherever you get it distributed, YouTube red or whatever, And millions of people fall in love with the concept, your character, the storylines. Networks will come to you to pick it up. So never before was that possible. Before that cap, there was no possibility. If the network said no blacks, there were no blacks. (laughs) If the network said, nope, those characters can't be played by Mexicans, they weren't. So we live in a different age now. The age of control, you have control because of this. Now, whether you have the power, the creativity, the dedication, the persistent consistency to make shit happen, that's on you. But now there's no limits. People are creating their own production companies, their own studios, their own films. We also have massive amounts of film festivals with distribution. What are you doing that's going to make people want to come to your show? That's what you are in charge of figuring out. You're the artist. So that's what you get to figure out. Hey, thanks for listening. And I never want to end a podcast without saying these words. Now repeat after me. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am loved. I am worthy. Yes, you are. And I love you. Tune in next week for my next podcast episode. Have a great week and I'll see you then.